What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movie Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, and my list of the 10 best movies of 2022. First, let's talk about Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Here's a quick synopsis. Billionaire Miles Braun invites his friends and colleagues to his private island, and one of the guests is world-renowned detective Benoit Blanc. The film stars Daniel Craig, Janelle Monet, Edward Norton, Kate Hudson, Dave Bautista, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick, and Madeline Klein. Standout performances. Very few actors are given the chance to play the same character more than once, and Daniel Craig has now done it twice in his career. The first was James Bond in five films from 2006 to 2021, and the second is Benoit Blanc, the quirky detective who plays dumb. It's crazy to say, but Craig may be better as Blanc than he was as Bond. I really love him doing a southern crazy accent. It goes all the way back to when I heard him in Logan Lucky, the Steven Soderbergh film. I just prefer him more when he's not playing the traditional leading part. My favorite of his performances is in another murder mystery film, David Fincher's The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Blanc Blanc as a character really shows his humorous side. Craig is next set to star in Queer, directed by Luca Guadagnino. And I look at Craig and I think of him as somebody who was on the cusp of getting an Oscar nomination. And him working with a director like Guadagnino is a step in the right direction for that to happen. Sean Connery won his Oscar after playing Bond for the movie The Untouchables. I could certainly see something similar happening with Daniel Craig. I would not be shocked if he's an Oscar winner in the next five years. The first Knives Out movie really showed what Ana de Armas was capable of and the sequel does the exact same thing with Janelle Monet, who gives a multi-layered performance. The movie needs her arc to work and if it doesn't it would fall apart completely and she in my opinion gives the best performance of the movie and I'm far from the only one saying that. It's impossible not to be impressed with Monet and Glass Onion. Kate Hudson has had a fascinating career more than 20 years ago when she starred in Cameron Crowe's Almost Famous as Penny Lane. She was nominated for an Oscar and seemingly on the path to being a major movie star. And while she's been in some box office success stories like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, You, Me, and Dupree, and Bride Wars, she hasn't been in a movie that was critically lauded since. And in 2021, starred in what most people thought of as the worst movie of that year music directed by Sia and with Glass Onion she has now re-emerged she's really funny in the movie and I really hope this leads to her working with more great filmmakers and making more interesting movies she's next going to star in Shiver with Michael Shannon and finally I love the early work of Edward Norton Primal Fear Fight Club 25th Hour and I really like the place he settled in as a supporting actor in recent years in movies made by great filmmakers. He's worked with Alejandro Inuritu, Wes Anderson, and now Ryan Johnson. He's an actor who really matches the tone of the movie he's in. Norman Glass Onion is playing a billionaire who clearly has bought into his own hype. Norman's next movie is Asteroid City, his sixth movie with director Wes Anderson. Ryan Johnson directed the Star Wars movie The Last Jedi, one of the most polarizing franchise films of all time and has since gone on to create his own franchise 
which I believe he's better suited for. These two Knives Out films shows the man knows what to do with a large ensemble cast and knows how to construct a really good murder mystery film. I'm also a big fan of his previous movies Brick and Looper. Like the guy just knows how to make original movies and he's not suited for those bigger blockbusters that have already had characters. He's great at making original characters. He should not direct a Marvel movie. He should not direct the Star Wars trilogy that's been rumored. I hope those movies never happen because he is much better making movies with his own vision than working on a project that has already has established characters. The Last Jedi is a very good Star Wars movie. I think it is nowhere near as good as Star Wars The Force Awakens. It's interesting watching Glass Onion and then comparing it to the first Knives Out because the first Knives Out has better performances and a larger number of them but the mystery in Glass Onion is better and more engaging. It's a sequel that clearly proves this is a viable franchise moving forward. I want to see more of Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc and I now imagine every great actor working in these movies. That's part of the fun of the Knives Out franchise is you want to see all of your favorite actors appear in these movies. I would love for instance to see Brad Pitt in a Knives Out movie. And the cool thing is you also want to see some of these characters come back in future movies. I would love for Lakeith Stanfield to come back. He was in the first movie. I want to see that character again. I love those performances in the first movie but I also love the idea of seeing every great movie star actor pop up in a Knives Out film. Many people and I mean many people have made a big fuss about Glass Onion being released on Netflix. The movie the first one was a surprise hit making over $312 million at the box office. This is the state of movies. The big streamers are spending money that the big studios are not. Glass Onion did have a limited release and made $15 million in one week which is better than most movies are making nowadays. Damien Chazelle's Babylon only made $3 million during its opening weekend at the box office. Way more people saw Glass Onion come out even though they already knew it was going to come to Netflix at a certain point. I've said this over and over again on this podcast. I think the future of movies is one big studio movie will come out at a time. I think the days of two movies being successful at the same time are over and done with. I will talk about something I'm a little annoyed about and it's Ryan Johnson talking about how much he wants Glass Onion to play in theaters for as long as possible. If he wanted Glass Onion to play in movie theaters, he would not have sold it to Netflix. Clearly, movie theaters do not want a movie that is already on Netflix playing at the movie theaters. And he understands that more than anyone. I'm not buying this idea that he wants the movie to play in movie theaters. Because if he did, he would have sold it to Universal or Disney or one of those companies. He he sold it to Netflix with the idea that it would be a streaming movie. I have no sympathy when it comes to a short release window for a streaming movie. He made a lot of money by selling it to Netflix. Since the first Knives Out came out in 2019, the murder mystery genre has been thriving on TV and in film. You have only murderers in the building and the White Lotus. And part of the reason for that is these projects have huge 
huge all-star cast and are filled with memorable performances and clearly audiences get obsessed with finding out who the killer is. The other part of the movie is it satirizes the first class and this is another common thing you are seeing in entertainment lately. Movie-wise, this year you have The Menu, Triangle of Sadness, and on television you have Succession and that explains the popularity of these two Knives Out movies. They have multiple things going for them at a time. It is giving audiences exactly what they want. It's the definition of a crowd pleaser. Oscar chances. The one performance in Glass Onion that has any chances of getting an Oscar nomination come in the form of Janelle Monet, And I wouldn't bank on that. I thought, for example, Ana de Armas should have got nominated for the first movie. And that, of course, did not happen. So I'm not going to get my hopes up for Monet getting a nomination, even though she totally deserves it. Ryan Johnson received a nomination for the screenplay for the first film and has a great chance to get a nomination for Glass Onion. And I do believe it's possible that this movie has a chance to get nominated for Best Picture. They're going to vote on 10 movies, and I think this movie has a legitimate chance to get there. A lot of people love the first one, and they look back at it and go, that movie should have been nominated for Best Picture. So don't be surprised if Glass Onion is one of the 10 nominees. Overall, sequels can be very tricky because a lot of them copy exactly what made the first one special. Glass Onion avoids that while still feeling true to what a Knives Out movie should be. A solid mystery with a good sense of humor and fun. Now let's switch gears and talk about my top 10 movies of 2022. Here's a list of honorable mentions that just missed out being on the list. Everything Everywhere All at Once, Armageddon Time, Vengeance, After Sun, The Menu, Kimmy, and On the Count of Three. So here it is, my top 10 movies of 2022. Number 10, Megan Parks, The Fallout. This is the best movie about the uncomfortable topic of school shootings in America I've ever seen. The movie isn't about the politics of it, it's about the emotional aftermath of how these events affects the lives of everyone involved. The ending solidifies the entire film. Jenna Ortega is the breakout star of the year, and for me, this is her best performance. Number 9, Robert Eggers' The Northman. This is a movie that's reminiscent of epic movies they used to make like Excalibur. I've not always been a fan of Alexander Skarsgård, but he blew me away in this movie, and Anya Taylor-Joy gives the best supporting performance of her career. There's a battle on a volcano that I think is the best action scene of the year. I want studio movies that are grand in scale and look amazing, and that's exactly what The Northman is. Number 8, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I went into this movie not expecting much because we've all seen the story told over and over again, and of course there was a live-action version of the story earlier this year, but what makes del Toro's version of the movie incredible is that he's a director that can put his own twist in anything. I loved the character arc of Geppetto and the stop motion animation in this movie is incredible. It's the best animated 
nominated movie of the year by a landslide. It's somber and hopeful about life at the same time. Number seven, Lila Neugebauer's Causeway. This quiet movie shows how trauma can bring two people together. I love when an actor evolves, and clearly that's what Jennifer Lawrence does with this movie. It's a brilliant, subtle performance, and Brian Tyree Henry continues to show why he's one of the best rising stars out there. There's not nearly enough movies about female soldiers, and this one is near the top of the list. And coming in at number six is Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, one of the best musical biopics, and it's more than just Austin Butler's magnificent performance that makes this one special. Tom Hanks works in this film for me, and Luhrmann knows not to make the movie boring. Some people can't stand Luhrmann's style, but for me, it's always super effective and entertaining. Even if you're not a big fan of Elvis, you can get something out of this movie. It's not a making of the greatest hits like a lot of these musical biopics being made are. It feels like something new and fresh. If you want to see the same old musical biopic, then maybe this isn't the movie for you. But if you want something different, I think Elvis is the movie you've been waiting for. I think there are two different versions of these musical biopics being made. I think there are the ones that try to recreate every iconic moment in someone's life, and I think those movies are impossible to get right. The movies that I prefer and what I think Elvis is, is a movie that tries to give you the essence of who Elvis Presley was as a human being. We are now down to my top five movies of 2022, and number five is Jordan Peele's Nope. This sci-fi horror is yet another example as to why Peele is a next-level filmmaker and should be making movies with Daniel Kaluuya as his leading man till the end of time. Kiki Palmer gives one of the best performances of the year. Her energy is unreal. I also loved Brandon Pereira in this film. No one is better at making these films feel like an event than Peele. And the movie is part sci-fi, part horror. Like all of his movies, it will have you thinking about what it's really all about. And it's funny, when this movie came out, they were all talking about how it struggled at the box office. It still made money, and a lot of these director-driven films have not made a lot of money in 2022. I think Nope was a success both critically and financially. Number four is Matt Reeves' is The Batman. After Christopher Nolan's trilogy, I didn't think there was anywhere for the Cape Crusader to go. It felt like every iteration of the story in that character had been told, but this movie focused on Bruce Wayne in a way no other film had before. Pattinson and Kravitz are both mesmerizing as these iconic comic book characters. It's the most grounded superhero movie ever. The moment Robert Pattinson was cast in this role, I was super excited to see how it would all play out. And then, of course, the rest of the cast is also star-studded. Like I said, it has Zoe Kravitz, it has Paul Dano, it has Colin Farrell, who's great as the Penguin. And its secondary cast is John Turturro, Peter Sarsgaard, and Andy Serkis. I think we're all excited to see where those movies are going to go. Coming in at number three is Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans. It's one thing for the greatest director ever to make a movie about his early love of film. It's a whole other thing to also make it about his family. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. Spielberg gets some of the best performances out of Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, a wild Judd Hirsch, and newcomer Gabriel LaBelle. I said it last week on the podcast, the prom segment of this movie is 
perfect all around. It's corny to say this, but this movie is inspiring. And what's wild and what makes Spielberg arguably the greatest director of all time, it's probably not even in my top 10 favorite Steven Spielberg movies. I prefer movies like Catch Me If You Can, Minority Report, Jaws, Close Encounters, but he's still out here making near masterpieces, and that's what The Fablemans is, and that's what West Side Story was last year. The guy still has everything going his direction. He is the best filmmaker of all time, in my humble opinion. Number two is Martin McDonough's The Banshees of Inishir, and for me, this is the funniest movie of the year, and the best acted. All four performances from Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Carrie Condon, and Barry Keoghan are top-notch. It's one of the best movies about friendship. The movie is the perfect balance of dark comedy and earnestness. And every time I talk about this man, I have to talk about the four performances that Colin Farrell has given this year. Think about this. In this year, in 2022, he has starred in The Banshees of Inishirin, After Yang, 13 Lives, and The Bad Man. Those are four of my favorite films of the year. Get this man an Oscar for The Banshees of Inishirin. I would also love to see this movie win Best Picture. That's how great I think it is. And here it is, what you've all been waiting for. My number one movie of 2022 is Top Gun Maverick. There is never usually a consensus around blockbusters, but with this, there is one. And it's that it's perfect. It's nostalgic in the best ways possible. Tom Cruise gives his best performance in a very long time. Miles Teller and Glenn Powell are terrific. And I don't care what anyone says, the best director of the year is Joseph Kaczynski. He delivered on every level you wanted him to with Top Gun Maverick, and then he even did better than what you ever could have imagined. The first Top Gun movie is cheesy and corny and it's fun, but it's a pure popcorn film. Top Gun Maverick is more than that to me. It's what every blockbuster should aspire to be. It's a movie worth watching. It's one of those rare films that exceeds your expectation. I never could have imagined what Top Gun Maverick was going to be. We all wanted it to do well because we're all fans of Top Gun, but we never could have imagined that the sequel to Top Gun Maverick would ever be in the discussion for best movie of 2022. Now I think it's a sure lock to be nominated at the Oscars for Best Picture. I would absolutely love for Joseph Kaczynski to get a nomination. There's talks that Tom Cruise could get a nomination. I mean, I don't want to sound hyperbolic, but I think this movie is in the discussion for one of the best sequels of all time. There are very few sequels that I believe are better than the original movies. I mean, Empire Strikes Back comes to mind. That's a lot better than the first Star Wars movie. I think Top Gun Maverick is so much better than Top Gun. I can't even put it into words. I also think it's the movie that defines the year. I mean, this was a movie that could have been sold to a streaming service, but they held on to it and Paramount released it in the theaters, and it was one of the biggest box office success stories ever. I mean, this movie made over $2 billion 
everyone wanted to see this movie. This movie was an event like no other. I know it won't happen, but I desperately want this movie to win Best Picture. So here it is one more time, my top 10 movies of 2022. Number 10, The Fallout. Number 9, The Northman. Number 8, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Number 7, Causeway. Number 6, Elvis. Number 5, Nope. Number 4, The Batman. Number 3, The Fablemans. Number 2, The Banshees of Inishirin. And number 1, Top Gun Maverick. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I highly recommend you check out Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, and all 10 films I listed on my top 10 movies of the year. And after you watch those movies, go back into the archives and listen to the episodes where I focused on those films. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about Noah Baumbach's White Noise starring Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig and Black Adam starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.